Good afternoon. Good evening. Ooh, what's up, Jabari? How you doing, brother? I'm good, brother. I'm glad to see you uploaded your uh, podcast on your on uh, Red Circle. It's awesome, man. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, it's good to know that you're on um, you're on Anchor yourself, so that um, you know we can share the word around with a few people. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I was in um, so, yeah. some guys' podcast a little earlier today. It was pretty interesting. Um, yeah, I was we sort of disagree. Yeah. No, I, I listened to DCR earlier, which I love. No, it was um, um, what's his name? Um, Jones, so serious and um, Storm ready. Okay, I don't think I know them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty good though. I didn't quite agree with everything, but it wasn't. Okay, yeah. Um, I, I liked uh, DCR and Breeze talk about um, the, them was pretty interesting, though. I was I listened to that for yeah, about an yeah. hour. Yeah. Yeah, I listened to it today until it ended. So I, I get, think I popped in about 15 minutes. But yeah. good evening, everybody. Yeah. Um, who was just coming in to say hi to us already? Let's see who's in here. Yeah, Jay Moss is in here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Jay Moss. How's it going, brother? Yeah. Um, I guess um, GG and Mac will let us later. This came and came. Go on real quick. But um, before we start the show, we, we must do it the proper way. Oh, right. heaven, Father, we thank you, oh, Lord. We give you all the glory and all the praise. As we discuss these topics alone, we just want to know that we're discussing this to edify your holy name, that we should know, Lord, that no God comes before you, that no object comes before you, that you are the creator of the universe, and we should not honor any creation above the creator. And we give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 Beautiful prayer, brother. So I... uh I wanted to talk about this topic because me and uh, a long time ago, probably like a month ago, me and DCR talked about this, but we it, it disconnected in the end. So I wanted to know what you think about this topic. Mm-hmm. Well, I pulled up um, up a, um, actually, you know, a comparison just so I have it in front of me, so I know what objects to go, to, items to go over in this discussion. But I already have my beliefs to it. And it comes down to one thing. I'll let you yeah. um, I'll let you speak about your idea. But to me, it comes down to one thing. One thing yeah, well, I mean, fundam- fundamentally, Catholicism and Protestant uh, Christ- Christian denominations are different. But I still, I still believe it's all in the branch of, it's all under Christianity. I'd, some people believe Catholicism is not Christianity. It's its own thing. I still believe Catholicism is Christianity. They just have the different fundamentals like the sacraments and, um, you know, the Eucharist and the different things that they, uh, their rituals and traditions that they follow. Whereas Protestant denominations were more focused on just the experience of Christ, the experience of the Holy Ghost and uh, stuff like that, you know? Yeah. For me, it's a little different. I have, my beliefs are based on 
things that they believe in that don't quite line up. I still, I'm not saying that personally that I'm condemning every Catholic to go down. I because I don't think that even every Catholic necessarily believes everything that their um, liturgy and everything is. But my personal belief is it's a, it's a bit of error in them. But it's a big okay. error. But, um, like, okay, so I'm looking at a comparison chart from uh, Diffin.com, and it talks about the difference between Catholicism and, Pro and Protestantism. Okay. And it, and it says Catholicism and Protestantism are two denominations of Christianity, just like Shia and Sunni are two sets of Islam. While the Pope is the head of the Catholic Church, Protestantism is a general term of Christianity that is not subject to papal authority. So the first thing it stops, starts off is places of work still. They're totally the same. All right? Right. Church, church, chapel, cathedral, whatever. Um, the second thing, that's where I start to run into the issue. It talks about uses, use of statues and pictures. For Catholics, it's permitted as means of inspiration. Protestant is not used. Right. I have that. That's one of the things I have an issue with. With as a means of inspiration. We, well, what did um. Okay, so let's just read what, what the Bible says in Exodus 23 through 6. It says, Thus saith the word, You should have no other gods before me. You should not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You should not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord, God, your God, am a Jesuit God visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. what do you feel on, on, on terms of that? Well, it, it it's basically saying from, I mean, um, it was a little hard to hear you there. I, where was it on the, in the Bible? Maybe I can read it myself. Okay. So, Okay, that's it. Exodus 23 through 6. You should Exodus have no other guy. Yeah, let me switch to a different headphone. I want to make sure I'm not being heard. Okay, Exodus 23 through 6. Okay, yeah, I, I see it now. Yeah. Mm hmm. So it says, yeah, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make yourself a carved image of any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. So, yeah, I mean... In a way, if we're if if we put a statue of Jesus or a statue of the Virgin Mary, is that still idolatry? Would you consider that well, idolatry? Well, first of all, we can we can put a statue for Jesus. Who among us knows how Jesus looks? Good point. Yeah, yeah. 
Who knows yeah. how God looks? Who knows how God looks? It's, yeah. Yeah. Who? Yeah. So you shouldn't use a carved image or a likeness. A likeness being basically a photograph or or a painting of anything that is in heaven above or that is on the earth on the ground or that is in the water. So while you can say that's not you might they say it permitted as means inspiration. Uh, that's a that's a very hairy topic because to me that's bordering on idolatry. Okay. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I mean I wouldn't disagree with you there. Um it, it basically mm-hmm. does kind of refer to the, the use of carved images is what they're referring to statues is which uh Catholic churches use they use statues of Christ, statues of the saints, statues of uh the Virgin the Mary. Virgin Mary. And, uh, yeah, so it definitely could be it could it could fall under that category. I don't know if it, it officially would, but it could fall under the category of idolatry. Yeah, it's a very, very close topic because when we go down the list, I don't want to get into it because as you go down the list, it gets into the other points. So I'm gonna okay. hold on I'm gonna hold off on that for a second. So it talks about places of origin, Palestine and Rome the Roman Empire for um, Catholicism, Protestantism, Palestine and Rome with a schism or originated in Germany, which we know about, you know, Martin Luther, Reformation, then, you know, right. once right. once they, they cleaved off, then the next cleavage was with um, with the Calvinist, which I think is a, ugh, but it's a whole other story. That's a whole other story, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're talking Calvinist, about Catholic yeah. versus Protestant, not not um, Protestant versus um, um, Calvinist, but that's whole right. story. So, birth to that's Jesus. Story, yeah. the, the, there's no arguments. Virgin Mary. We know that Jesus died by the crucifixion. No difference. Yeah. Right. Okay. They said for them, it's G, the founder. Let's say said second coming of Jesus. Affirmed. Affirmed. We all agree. Okay. Right. Founder. Right. They say Jesus Christ. Followed by Peter as the first pope. Then all popes fallen Peter. Protestant, right it says there. Jesus Christ, fallen by Peter, Paul, and other disciples of, of Jesus. Position of the pope denied and eventually split off the Catholic Church to reestablish the original church. I mean, uh, I don't have the biggest issue of somebody following a pope, it's just a, a um, a leader here on earth. Um, it's just, I don't know. It's just not, it's not the biggest thing in the world. They just, and um, I can understand why they would believe the Pope, because even Jesus said that he would find, he will um, find his church upon Pete, the rock that Peter is. Cause actually, if you go into the Bible, let me find that. Pete, um, yeah, John, in, um, I'm sorry. Matthew, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Jesus actually changed Peter's name. Right, he changed it from Simon to Peter. Yeah, no, he changed Didn't it he from or... Peter. He changed it from Peter to Cephas. Oh, Cephas. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's in a. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His original name was Peter. I thought. I thought it was. Um, maybe I'm thinking of another disciple. Yeah, and this is actually in yeah. John. If you go to John, um, chapter one, uh, forty-two. And it says, well, let's go up to 40. One, one of the two disciples who heard what John said and followed Jesus was Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter. 
He first found his own brother Simon said to him, we have found the Messiah, which, you know, is translated Christ for the anointed. He led him to Jesus. Right. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which Aramaic means rock. Because actually, if I remember correctly, if you look up, Peter actually means pebble. Pebble, okay. I didn't know, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm re- that is, that's interesting. Though. It, it, they believe that, so Peter is the rock, and he's founded upon what the Catholic Church is what found upon the first pope. But he, he they say specifically here in John, um, you know, John 1, 42, you are Simon, the son of Jonah, you shall be called Cephas. So why, mm-hmm. so why, why is there a difference there? Why is there a distinction? Mm, that's what I'm saying. Why is he not be, being called Cephas at, at that point? We know that once, once Abram, when God told Abram, oh, your name was Abraham, that was the end of the story. Right. His name was Abraham from right. the, yeah. that point on. When he told Sarai, no, that's not your name anymore. It's Sarah. Right. And that's what she was. Right. Yeah. And we saw the same thing with Jake, Jacob becoming Israel. So that's something I think we, we, we've all f- fell off on because very few people call Peter Cephas at this point anymore. Yeah. Even though Jesus did Very change true. his Everyone name. Everyone still refers to him as Peter, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe because, I mean, he Jesus does tell him that, but in the book of Acts, they still call him Peter, don't they? Or do they say Cephas? Well, um, let's look it up. Um, because we know Acts was written by Luke, if I, if I remember correctly. Luke, yeah, I was. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he he wrote Acts and he wrote, of course, the book of Luke. And he wrote Luke. In yeah. general, in general, that's where you should start. Like, if you're somebody who don't don't know much about the Bible, you should start reading the Bible at Luke because that's where you yeah. can un- understand it. And then go on to the Acts. And once you get done with Acts, you, you can read the rest of the Gospels, and then go to Genesis so you you see the beginning. Right. So you see the old beginning, but Luke explains to you the new beginning a lot better. Yeah. So definitely. Okay, yeah. so let's look at all right, let's go to X. I, it might be an Acts um Acts two or three. Mm-hmm. I think. Let's see. Where, yeah. About the day of the Pentecost and after the day of Pentecost and during. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, since, yeah, they'll say Peter. Yeah, yeah verse 14. Peter. Acts 2 14. Yep. Yeah, it's Peter. Yeah. But Peter stood with the 11 apostles, live voice. He spoke to the crowd. My fellow Jews, all with you in Jerusalem, listen to me. Pay attention to what I have to say. These men are not drunk as you think. It is on 9 o'clock in the morning. But Joel, the prophet, wrote about what is happening here today. God says, in the last days, I will give my spirit. Freely to all kinds of people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will have dreams. Your young men will see visions. At that time, I'll give my spirit even to my servants, both men and women. And they will prophesy. And I will show miracles in the sky and on earth. Blood, fire, and thick smoke. The sun become dark. The moon become red as blood. And then a great and glorious day of the Lord will come. Yeah. And then anyone who asks the Lord for help will be saved. That's actually from Joel. To 
So we yeah. see that, of course, that's Jesus fulfills his yeah, prophecy. The prophecy yeah. Yep. Yeah, one of the small. Yeah, one of the minor prophets is did it. So. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, so move on to the next difference. Um, scriptures. They say Holy Bible, a collection of canonical books in two parts: the Old Testament and the New Testament. For Catholics, they usually use the Douay rhyme or Knox version. They said. For Protestant, the only difference is a lot of people use the King James version. Me right. personally, I use every version I possibly can because you can always find a little a little explanation. Sometimes one version might help give you a little bit more context. Yeah, that that's a good point because I I like the uh, for the Protestant version. I do like the NLT and the NKJV, but sometimes mm-hmm. if I'm reading the Catholic version, I'll read the N-A-B-R-E, the New American Bible. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and um, I think Overseer just, um, he hit me on to a new version that I had never heard about. It's called the um, International Children's Bible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that sounds that's so a very childish. New version but, too, yeah. yeah, I'm using that now a lot along with the Christian Standard because Christian Standard Bible is the same Bible as my, my study Bible that I bought, so that way okay. I can follow along with the study Bible a little bit. But I still use King James, the lit, just so I can, it's a more a older text, so you can, if you understand Old English better, then you can explain yeah. some of the concepts. But if you don't understand Old English, then it might confuse you. Yeah, that's true. Because I find the, the KJV is good, but if you don't understand Old English, then it's harder. That's why I use mm-hmm. the NKJV. You have the modern English with uh, mm-hmm. with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So as I, oh, we we talked them up overseer here. Two of my favorite people on stereo. Two of the most uh, understanding people on stereo. Two of the most uh, efficient people in the body of Christ on stereo. Brother Quinn Van H. Hey, oh, excuse me. Brother Quinn V H and uh, Jabari Morris. So good to see y'all. Um, keep listening. Going back and forth between talks before my uh, escapades at seven. So y'all, uh, I'll leave some comments and drop in from time to time. Thanks, overseer. Appreciate that, bro. Thanks for the shout out and thanks for tuning in. Most deal. Thank you for um, coming in. You know, we always love to have our bi- different members of the body of the Christ come by. Amen. Oh, got another one. Let's see what we yep, got. Another one. I really don't use King James and. The reason I don't use King James is because of the history of the King James. Now, when I am referred to the King James or somebody would like me to read out of the King James out of courtesy and out of uh, my spirit of Paul, as I say, uh, that I do do that because when in Rome, so I, I do conform to whatever people want to use. If they want to use the version of the Bible with the Apocrypha in it, I will read that. If they want to use a version of the Bible with uh, with uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, which is in all of them, I read that, you know, but uh, I try to stay away from the King James Version because of the things that were added and uh, the way in which he translated things. And also, during that time, uh, King James was writing a book on demonology because he was a professed uh, lover of the occult. And uh, he wanted to have both sides so he could play with God and the devil, which we know is not possible. Yeah, those are those yeah. are good points. I mean, it's a, I mean we we read different versions out of courtesy, right? 
for other people and exactly. uh, just to understand where they're coming from. But the, uh, I mean, I still think the King James version is still a reputable version. It's still, um, most people refer to that one when they're, when they're talking about the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Like I say, I use, uh, I come back to King James only because a lot of people that I know like to use the King James version. To right, me, a lot all of people the Bible, up on all, it, yeah. yeah, all the Bible is inspired by God, and that you have to read it with some spiritual connection because it, it doesn't matter what version of the Bible you use. If you read it without having a spiritual connection, it is going to throw you all off and it's going to toss you to and fro, and it even tells you, you know, the ways of God that sees all understanding. You can't even begin to understand this Bible if we're just thinking with our own minds. Right. You need the Holy Ghost to, to help you um, understand it and interpret it correctly. Yep. Well, we got Soap here. Let's see what she has to say. Good evening, guys. Just tuning in. I love the King James Version. I also like the NIV. But what I do when I do study the Bible is good to have a commentary. It sheds more light and like give a bit of understanding. But we know the Holy Spirit, you know, we have to ask the Holy Spirit to help us. But commentary is also good. That's right. So yeah, you need the Holy Spirit for the understanding. All right. Absolutely. Oh, it was um, and that again. is where I agree with you, Brother Morris. All scriptures inspired by God. No matter you reading uh, King James, American Standard, Christian Standard, New World Translation, uh, International Children's Bible, uh, the Bible in Basic English, the NLT, the NLWHWYT. You know what I'm saying? Um, it is all inspired by God. Now, the way in which is uh, translated may be uh, more to fit a certain group. And that's why people say it's a religious bias and all of that, which it is. But, you know, it's all the same scripture. And there's no way to just misconstrue scripture unless you taking out books and chapters. And we know those people that do that will be judged accordingly. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That is right. Yeah. So what are more of those points? Back to the topic, uh, Jabari, Catholicism okay. versus Protestant. What are more of those points that you're okay. there? Um, yeah. Oh, I'm going down to this because I think when we get down to this, it gets read by the hour, which is fine with me. Okay. okay. Next point is literal, literal meaning. Catholic from the Greek adjective catholicos, meaning universal. Protestant right. uh, to protest. So basically the Protestant church was protesting the practices of the Catholic Church, we know, for multiple reasons. Um, for Martin Luther, it was a whole thing about selling indulgences that drove him nuts. Do you remember the story right. about that? Um, I kind of do. I know I know. he also had to do with, like, uh, the marriage thing about um, priests not being able allowed to marry, and then he got married to protest that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Actually, I want to look that up just for a second because I, I that's think what it's I very important to mention. Yeah. Okay. So let's read a little bit about the story. It said, in the fall of 1517, an ostensibly innocuous event quickly made Luther's name a household word in Germany. Irritated by Johann Tetzel, a Dominican friar who reported to have preached to the faithful that the purchase of a leather indulgence entailed the forgiveness of sins. Oof. 
Luther drafted a set of prop propositions for the purpose of conducting an academic debate on indulgences at, at the University of Wittenberg. Just so we know what indulgence is, indulgence, a distinctive feature of the, of the penitential system of both the Western medieval and the Roman Catholic Church that granted full or partial remission for the punishment of sins. The grant of indulgence was predicated on two beliefs. First, in the sacrament of penance, it did not suffice to have the guilt corporal of the sin forgiven through absolution alone. One also needed to undergo temporal punishment, poena, penance, because one had offended Almighty God. Secondly, indulgence rests on the belief in purgatory, a place in the next life where one can continue to cancel the accumulated debts of one's sins. Another Western medieval conception, not shared by the Eastern Orthodox or other Eastern churches, not rep recognizing the primacy of the Pope. From the early church onward, bishops could re reduce or dispense with the rigors of penances, but emergences emerged only in the 11th, 12th century when the ideal of purgatory took rights to a hold and when the Popes began to activist leaders of the Reforming Church. In their zeal, they promoted the militant reclamation of once Christian lands, first in Iberia and the reconquered stuff, and then the Holy Land, the Crusade, offering full remission of sins, the first indulgences, as inducements to participation. Papal, pronounce, papal pronouncements, or in written, often vague, however, and raised many questions among the pious. To clarify all these issues, the scholastic theologians of the 12th and 13th centuries worked out a fully articulated theory of penance. They consist of three parts, contrition, confession, and satisfaction. The debt of forgiving sin can be reduced to the performance of good works in this life, pilgrimages, charitable acts, and the like, or through suffering and purgatory. Indulgence is only be granted by popes or to a lesser extent, archbishops and bishops are well helping ordinary people measure and amortize their remaining debt. Plenary or full indulgence cancel out all the existing obligation while partial indulgences remitted only a portion of it. People naturally want to know how much debt was forgiven. Just modern students want to know exactly in the for examination. So set periods, days, months, and years gradually became gradually to attach to different types of partial indulgences. I don't even want to read any more of that. I give me a stomach ache. Yeah. Oh, God. That yeah, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of differences, actually. And like, like for example, like, yeah, I think Oof. you mentioned purgatory, though. Like, a product, Protestant yeah. doesn't believe in purgatory where Catholicism does. And uh, they use scriptures yeah, in Maccabees to uh, prove purgatory. But how do, how do we know, right? Yeah. So, I think, I, I think our buddy here is ready to... Um, Give us a little hand, so let them go do it. Here you go. Uh, I don't know if you guys brought up the the difference that uh, Protestants don't accept Peter as the first pope. Uh, they actually don't accept the pope at all. Uh, in line of succession of, I guess, both well-known, I won't say just following Christ, quote-unquote, you have uh, Jesus, right? And then you have Peter and Paul. That is how um, a lot of people in the Protestant world view it. Uh, because they say that there is, uh, you know, the book of Acts is where the church starts, and that's where our church should start. Uh, that's very Pentecostal apostolic oneness idea. Um, and then the Catholics believe that Peter was the first pope, and it goes on from there. Um, Paul was never the pope. Uh, he uh, was just a messenger within, an apostle within the within the church.
Yeah, we actually addressed that a little bit earlier. Um, at the beginning, we talked about the um yeah. the secession. I grew up in Protestant Christianity. I grew up in uh, Restorationism or uh, Primitive uh, Christianity. I think that's what people call it. Uh, where you really want to get back to how the original uh, beliefs and systems and things were. So, as a former Protestant and as a current Restorationist, as I'm back in that uh, faith uh, with rest, uh, Reforming Faith and Our Living God, uh, or Reformation of Faith and Our Living God, rather, that you know, it's kind of like full circle because... I know a lot about being Protestant, but uh, I kind of feel like this is better for me. And I feel like it's better for a lot of people, and they just haven't been put onto it, and so they get kind of stubborn in their ways. Uh, but this is just a thought, and I don't know why I'd send it in, but yeah, that's just my testimony. Hey, thanks for your comment, Overseer. I just want to make a point, um, just so you understand, Overseer. Um when it comes to, if you're looking at the breakdown of how Christianity is, you st- it started off with there only being, well, you know, the works that they, of, you know, they happen in Acts and happen in the rest of the Bible. Then, you know, in the um, 300s, 400s, when the church really started getting um, approved by the Roman Empire, and eventually, right. you know, we got and all of that, right? So that, you know, you still had smaller churches like the Coptic churches that never um, that never came a card of the Catholic church. But the Catholic church kept the church until it split up when they had some disagreements. I think, um, I think it was like six, seven hundred. And that's when you had the split between the Catholic church and the, and the Orthodox churches in the East. Right. And then even those split it a little bit. But when it comes to Protestant and Everything from Protestant, which is, um, I think, even the Restoration churches would still be considered Protestant church. But these are churches that all splintered off of the of the Catholic church and changed things up and went to try to find out the real truth. As I was talking about when I was going up the, ch- the chart just a little bit earlier, and it's and um, that's what it means. The protest they protested the um, the ways of the Roman Catholic Church in order to find the original way. Right. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, that's that's what the the Protestant churches they weren't necessarily um protesting, but they were uh, they were trying to reform the Catholic Church. That's what Martin Luther was trying to do. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh, we have um. So, yeah, Morris. Yeah. You know, I often wonder. You know, there's different religion, and um, we know we have a faith, Christian. We believe in God. But so many people, you know, these religions, they're divided. And some of them that say they're still calling in God. They're still reading the word of God. But then there's a lot of confusion. They're taking away, they're hiding, and they, you know, it's a lot of confusion. Christ is not divided. So if they're serving the true and living God, where there's so much division, that's a good point. Yeah, there is division. There shouldn't be any division if we're all serving the living God, nope. right? Yeah, the only division is our, our personal beliefs that we want to put on. If it wasn't for those personal beliefs, everything would be okay. But it's the it's right. the, the things that are actually not necessarily mentioned in the Bible that splits us oftentimes. 
Although I disagree yeah. with that with Catholicism, because I think they do some things that they they already originally added onto the Bible. Um, that's my personal belief. Yeah, the thing uh, the things they do overseer. are included in in the apocrypha. But yeah, you can put that message. Yeah. And the restoration movement, and I can speak for this because I've done my research on it. The restorationist movement comes from uh, people wanting to know the truth and that everybody wants it to be a denomination. Everybody wants to lead. Everybody wants to be in uh, the mix. And they call a lot of them call this mainstream Christianity and uh, mainstream Christianity now. Is what I see is, you know, my guy, Joel Osteen, Soldier State, uh, T.D. Jakes with the Million Dollar Holy Ghost, um, and uh, the other people that profit off God. Uh, that's and, and that's what they saw, and that's what they tried to flee from. So they really were against being, quote-unquote, denominations, even though that these certain groups of Bible students or, uh, what's this, Inglesa de Cristo or Jehovah Witness or uh, all of these things, Mormons. Uh, that they uh, really were doing the same thing. Oh, most definitely. I understand what you mean by that. Yeah. Um, a lot of the things that goes on in the church isn't right, and we know that. We're not supposed to be profiting. Like, I can understand, you know, um, a pastor, you know, earning, you know, that's a full-time pastor. You know, they preach, they do Bible study, they train up leaders. I can understand them making a living as a pastor not becoming rich as a pastor making a living that's a bit different that's that's the distinction right it's a big difference is that making a living is necessary just to live in this world but being rich is different getting really wealthy off it that's another story yeah no you shouldn't get wealthy off of the church now if you decide now let's say you had your church and you draw maybe 60 70 a bit church and you draw sixty seven thousand dollars a year you were, and you know, the Lord inspired you to write a book, and then that book becomes a bestseller. Hey, more power to you. I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. Right. I agree just make there, sure yeah. you give you just make sure you give back your ten percent plus um um cheerful cheerful offering. Let's put it like that. Cheerful <laughs> offering, right? Yeah. <laughs> very cheerful. Be a very cheerful giver. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, let's see what. He got another message. Another thing is when the 300s and the 400s, when the Catholic Church really became um, that big staple in Christianity, a, a lot of a lot of it was because of Constantine, the fear of Constantine. And Constantine wanted everybody to be Catholic because he ran an empire. He wanted everything to be uniform. And so he adopted the certain pagan traditions and put it into Christianity. Yep. And now it is even in Protestantism. Um and I know a lot of restorationism don't celebrate holidays because for that reason, because the way in which uh, that has became, you know, the paganism and all that, they're very, uh, very technical about things. They don't they want to go by the word. Um, I've heard from a lot of people that restorationists are basically fundamentalists that actually can receive symbolism. Like they can actually understand symbolism, and so it's uh, it's an interesting topic. Almost there. Hey, thank you for your comments. I'm gonna play your next comment too, but then after that, I want to get back to the point of differentiating between Catholicism and Protestant Protestantism. Yeah. Okay. Um, and even there. with the making a living thing, I don't want to disagree with you, but I want to go to scripture because you see, none of the apostles. 
out of all of the traveling and stuff they did, and that was their life, wasn't a time that they didn't work. Paul said, if you don't work, you don't eat. Paul was a tent maker by trade. When he was with Aquila and Priscilla, and he came to visit them, and we stayed with them, he made tents because they made tents and they had the same trade. So um, I see this in the Church of God in Christ all the time. He's bivocational, which means he makes money off the church and he has a separate job. But he says, don't lay, we're not going to reap our labor off of, and I've told Quinn this, we're not going to reap our labor off of Christ, but we're going to reap our labor off our own hard work because that shows an example to our congregations that we are hard workers in and out of the church. Amen. Yes, I see what he's talking about. I was just looking that up. Um, in 2 Thessalonians 3, 7 through 10, it talks about that particular, particular okay. thing there. Yeah, I was wondering where that was. And um, it's mentioned in 1 Corinthians 9, 9 through 14. Okay. And that's the one where it says basically that you that you could do it as a pastor, but he didn't do it because he knew it would become a burden. I'm actually going to read that one. And then we're going to move on. First okay. Corinthians 9, 9 through 14. For it's written in the law of Moses, you should not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain. Is it for oxen that God is concerned? Does he not certainly speak for our sake? It was written for our sake because the plowman should plow and hope in the thresh of thresh and hope of sharing in the crop. If we have sown spiritual things among you, is it too much if we reap material things from you? If others share this right for claim on you, do not we even more? Nevertheless, we have not made use of this right, but we endure anything rather than to put an obstacle in the way of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you not know that those who are employed in the temple service get their food from the temple, and those who serve at the altar share in sacrificial offerings? In the same way, Lord, those that proclaim the gospel should get their living by the gospel. So we right. see how it was allowed, but Paul and most of them did not because they were dealing, if you look at this period of time, they were preaching something totally new. And it's only, it had only been out there for maybe 10 or 15 years. You know, Jesus only preached for three and a half years before he was killed. Right. So it couldn't have been that long before he started. So um, yeah, it wouldn't have been I don't know the exact timing. I don't know the exact time. I would say 10 or 15, maybe even, it had to be somewhere between five and 40 years later, no more than that, right? So right. being that you were trying to convert people, whether Jews or Gentiles, to the faith, it didn't look right as you evangelize to a demand payment or ask for something, even though you could. However, when you, that's the difference between evangelizing and setting up a home. Were you out there evangelizing and, and spreading the good word? No, I don't even think you should do that. I don't think, like if you have a... a, a a revival, I don't even think you should even offer me. You should even ask for many of that. That's my personal belief because I think that's the wrong, that, that's what he's talking about being an obstacle because, oh, yeah, we're talking about bringing the Christ, not bringing some money. No. But once you're uh, in an established church home, yes, you take care of your home. And if, and if the pastor chooses to, you know, the pastor is working in the church and spend all that time working in the church, I can understand you drawing some benefits. Like I said, not meta benefits. But some benefits, okay? Right. But we move on. and we, um, I'm just going to play these messages without comment. That okay. way we don't get caught up. 
It's such an old division and argument. Why is it still an issue? And I'm sorry for going on my little rant there. Um, I'm sorry for getting y'all all off topic. Uh, but glory be to God. Sometimes, you know, the spirit gets over you and starts moving. But back to Catholicism versus Protestants. Um, I'm ready to hear this. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So, yeah, you all can right. start talking about those next points. Yeah. Okay, so the next point. Oh, nope. Well, that was interesting going through the indulgences because I think that split was a very important split. I sort of didn't get a chance to actually discuss the indulgences because I think that was basically like trying to pay off your sins, and we know that don't work like that. <laughs> yeah, well, so that, I can that, understand. That was an old Catholic. They don't do that anymore. Like you had to pay. Uh, Thank God. For purgatory, but like to get out of purgatory, but that we know clearly that that's not true, and they don't do that anymore. They did do that though. Thank, at a point. Thank God that that was so that okay. So that was literally meaning Catholic and pro- Protestant was the protest, and then the concept of deity, which is the same belief in the Trinity of God, three persons and one God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I don't care if you're oneness or you're Trinitarian; it really shouldn't matter because they're still both true. He God right. is one, God is three. It shouldn't matter. Because, he, matter, because right? that concept is so simple, yet so complex that we should our human brains can't quite wrap our minds around how big that concept is. Right. It's something for only God to understand, really. It's not really meant for us to understand in that way. Not during this life, at least. Yeah. Yes. But just know that Jesus said the only way to the Father is through the Son. And that right. he spent... He's, and that when he left, he went. He didn't leave us by himself. He left us with a comforter, which we saw that comforter come down in X. Right, that was on the day of Pentecost when it first ascended, right? Yep, and that's when the, that's when the ministry really, that's when the um, the ministry outside of Jesus really started. Right. Mm-hmm. So it talks about clergy, the Pope, followed by cardinals, archbishops, bishops, priests, monks, and deacons. Women can be nuns, Protestant. Each church independent, headed by pastors, elders, and deacons. Now, that part isn't true anymore because you have pro- big Protestant churches and denominations where the church isn't 100% independent. It, it can be some, you can be independent, but if you're in like a, um, a denomination and they don't like what they're teaching you, they can kick the whole church out, but still you have your church. But at the end of the day, it's still mostly ran at the local level and, uh, for most Protestant churches. Right. I'm not going to include churches like the Anglican churches or Protestant church. That's really, that's still a Catholic church. It's just, it got split because the, um, what king, what king that is that went and divorced his wife? That's the whole uh, reason why Ang- I can't Anglican remember. Anglican. I'm not sure. I'm not too familiar with that history. I, I, I'm not, I know about other Catholic movements, but not the Anglican. Why, why did they split? It was because what king that was? Okay. King. Divorce. Let's see that did it. Oh, King Henry, Henry the Eighth. Okay, King that's Henry, what made yeah. him do it. That's an English king. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. So that's why they split off. But all, but still, the liturgy and the, all the um, rituals were still Catholic. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, because you also have mm-hmm. the uh, there's a branch of Catholicism like charismatic. Um, um, Catholicism as well too 
Hmm, I have never heard about the charismatic Catholicism. Yeah, charismatic Catholicism, but, like it's like inspired by Pentecostalism as well, because they uh, they believe in evangelizing and speaking in tongues and stuff like that, similar to Pentecostal, but they still follow the traditions of Catholicism. So you'll still have the Eucharist, you'll still have the sacraments, stuff like that. I, mm-hmm. I tend to like that one quite a bit. There's there's a church in my city that's yeah. charismatic Catholic that I want yeah. to go to at some point. Well, yeah, as far as the Eucharist, I don't, well, we understand what the body. Yeah, that that's a whole another story. We'll get down there in a second. Right. Okay. So we have some differences. Um, what you would call um, what's that word? Ecumenical differences. Of, okay. Of the organization. Mm-hmm. Their practices. All Catholics expect to participate in the liturgical life of the church, but personal prayer and devotions are entirely a matter of personal preference. Protestant regularly study the Bible, pray, and commune with other believers on Sunday or other day of worship. Yeah, that's a bit different. But at personal prayer, I think the fact that they don't emphasize personal prayer, that's a to me, it's a sort of scary thing too. There, because how are you going to get a, a direct relationship without personal prayer? Well, they, they still they still believe in personal prayer. I mean, they still like have you can still pray mentally, or you could pray something a tradition like the Rosary. Or something, but mm-hmm. um, they may not emphasize as much as Protestants do because we really focus on um, personal prayer, right? Yeah, exactly. That because for us, especially at least for me, I can speak about it, it's about the relationship with God in the Son, but relationship with God through the Son because He's the mediator. Well, right. technically, He's been a mediator forever because we know that that Jesus was right there in Genesis when 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 He said. The word was with God. Is the word the word was with God? Hey, and right. we know who Jesus is, right? The word, right. the word, right? All right. So there's no arguments on that. So then it says resurrection of Jesus affirmed authority of Pope affirmed for Catholic. Of course, the night with Protestant. We know for a myriad of reasons, some which we mentioned already. All right, I'm gonna see what I'm so past to say before I move on. Um, I've never seen, I'm a strong Catholic. Most of the Catholic people that I see, I know, they say they go to Mass, and that's just about it. I've seen one um, brother on TV, Father Mark Horning, and, you know, to me, it seems like he's Pentecostal, but I've never seen the Catholics, you know, they just not really serious priors or serious relationship with God. Yeah, that, that, I mean, I know, I think I know who she's talking about, Father Mark uh, Horing is his name. I think I've seen him on YouTube and stuff, but um, he, he does emphasize, like, having still a relationship with God. But what, I, I've spoken with a Catholic priest a few times, and they said they're more community-oriented, so they're, they're focused on, like, the whole community having a relationship with God than an individual relationship with God. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess. I just don't really see, like you say, them being so devoted to it. Well, it's you know, I understand the community communal aspect, and you're supposed to love your neighbor, but you still have to love God as well. And it's sort of like you know, like they go to mass, and but you know, even even in Protestant um, Christianity, you have a lot of people that's like that. You know, oh, I go to church on Sunday, and then as soon as they leave church on Sunday, they don't do anything else until next Sunday. Right. Yeah. Like if you want to be a devout christian or a devout catholic you would go to mass you would say the rosary every day you would go to confessions you know you do stuff like that and if you're if you're in the protestant if you're if you want to be developed with that then you 
just you pray, you pray every morning, you pray at night, you know, you still focus the emphasis on prayer. Mm-hmm. All right. So now about it says Catholics follow the teachings of Jesus Christ is transmitted through the Old and New Testament via Rome and the Vatican and follow the Catechism. Catholics believe that the Catholic Church is the original and first Christian church. Protestants, um, Protestants follow the teachings of Jesus Christ transmitted through the Old and New Testament. Protestants believe that the Catholic Church stemmed from the original church but became corrupt. Men cannot add or take away from Scripture. That's a big difference. And right. I can see, and as we make the discussions, that we can see what the indulgence is. That, that was a good point for Martin Luther to split for them because that was, that to me, that's a particular abhorrent practice to have somebody try to pay off this. <laughs> I can't <laughs> right. see that. I mean, that, that doesn't make sense. You're paying off your sins. To me, to me, that's basically like going back to the Old Testament where you had the, um, that, that was basically like you, you, you went and bought you some birds at the temple and then sacrificed them. Or something yeah, like that. yeah, that would be like the Old Testament. Yeah, that's like the those laws yeah. in the Old Testament. Yeah, yeah, the belief of God, monotheistic God, is the omnipotent, loving creator of the universe. Be the God has revealed Himself as the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's Catholics and Protestants pretty much believe the same way. Yeah, all right. Yeah, they they so. they are worship Sunday, personal sacrifice during Lent. Protestant traditional Sunday, but other days except if treated with the same level of focus on worship. Um, that was sort of a little bit of art, a little bit of discussion I had in the last podcast I was dealing with. Um, they were, I'm not going to say it was exactly seven day Adventist, but it sounded sort of like they are. But they core okay. people though, so and I understand why they say seven the seventh day, but I I believe in what Mark two said. And um, let me just so I can read this here, Mark 2, 24 to 28. And the Pharisees said unto him, Behold, why do they do on the Sabbath day that which is not lawful? And he said unto them, Have you never read what David did when he was in need and hunger? He and they that were with him, I went to the house of God in the days of Abiathar the high priest and ate the showbread, which is not lawful to eat except for the priest, and gave it also to those who were with him. And then it's 27, 26. 28, which I really want to emphasize here. He said unto them, the Sabbath was made for men and not men for the Sabbath. Therefore, right. the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. 100%, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So th- to me, that's why I say not what I mean by re- that is that we still should have rest in Jesus and we still should set time apart for him. Right. Always. Yeah. Always. But always it doesn't necessarily have to be just on Sunday. I, I personally we need to set time apart for him every day. Every like day, I said, yeah. um, like, like I said, if um, we, we are to tithe 10% of our increase in money, we should tithe 10% of our increase in, in, in living. And give that yeah. 2.4 hours. Try that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that, All right, let's keep the message yeah. real quick for nomadic, mess, nomadic philosopher. Very interesting topic. Um, one question for Mr. Jab Morris, sir. What is your um, religious belief at the time, at the moment? What, what is your paradigm lie in in terms of so called belief? Did you catch that, Jabari? Yes. I okay. was. Okay, my personal beliefs. I am. Um, 
someone who is some I would say somewhat Pentecostal, but not in dogma, but in spirit. I go to a church that is a Pentecostal church, but it's not associated with any other church. But it, for us, it's about the relationship with Christ. And that's why I, I, I personally speak, because I believe that love, well, I personally, I listen to what Jesus said. He left two commandments, love God the Father, love man who you can see. Right. You say you can't love the God you can't see. Yeah. yeah. So I follow, I follow the two new commandments. Which technically take up all of the the um, Ten Commandments, with somewhat of an exception that they that some people want to say that oh you missed the fourth commandment because you're not keeping the Sabbath, and I say yes you are keeping the fourth commandment because Jesus is your rest, and that's the reason why there was a Sabbath, right? To for man to rest and and to um, worship God and have you know spend time with God because as we know. That's like the verse I just read. It said, "For um, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath." Right. And, and I, although I know other people might try to get away from that, it said that's Jesus' words point verbatim. So <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. Yeah, yeah. And Jesus also said, "You know, love love one another as I have loved you." That was his new commandment. Yes. That he gave us yes. right. But but I also said to them, and I went back to um, what is the Romans fourteen. If you read that, it basically meant that you know if a person is doing the right thing, but they but they're convicted to do more, but they're still doing all the right things. Don't become a stumbling block to your brother. So I, right. I, that's why I stopped talking about it, talking about it because that's a way to become a stumbling block when we trip over little the things, the little things instead of focus big things. Thankfully, none of us got out of character. And we still have much love for each other. So let me play this next message from Soap. Yeah. As I said, I, I don't know what the big fuss. I don't know why we're divided. You know, sub Seventh-day Adventists, they're saying that Saturday is the right day. Any day we worship. You know, if they're a Seventh-day worshiper, I am too. Because I worship seven days of the week. If they're Jehovah Witness, I am a Jehovah Witness. Because I'm a witness for Jehovah. So, you know, let us get to know God and just worship Him and live for Him. Live according to His Word and, you know, stop this one coming and saying that this is right that is wrong you know what as long as we're living for god and living a life that is pleasing to him and have that relationship that is what's important nothing else is important but just holding on to god and living the life very true amen sophia yeah that was a very good point amen right on the man thank you so um i'll move on okay so then it talks about life in here I mean, life after death. Right, right. Eternal for Catholics is eternal salvation in heaven, for uh, eternal damnation in hell, temporal third state before heaven, known as purgatory. Right. They have like scriptures in Maccabees that talk about purgatory and uh, and stuff in the New Testament as well. He has some talks about yeah. like um, uh, you know, uh, when he gave the um, the um, parable about Lazarus and the rich man. Basically, like um, he was um, the rich man was crying out, but Jesus and uh, saying if Lazarus just give him a, a drop of water, or he sent Lazarus to tell him the truth. But hey, they like why would they listen to the truth from Lazarus when I came to tell the truth? They didn't listen from me, basically. <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, okay. you know, so yeah, go ahead. Yeah. All right. So it says for Protestant, it says there is no purgatory. Those that trust in Jesus as Savior go to paradise. Those that trust in their own works for salvation go to hell. In the end times, these groups are led into heaven and the lake of fire, respectively. Now, that I don't completely agree with, not, but not, I don't totally disagree with. I do believe that there are some going to heaven, but not all people who are saved are going to heaven. Only a select few are going to heaven because that's where the train, that's where the, that's where um, Christ's kingdom leadership course is going to be in heaven. Okay. Yeah, the hundred and forty-four thousand. But, but right if now. you if you read, yeah, but if you read Revelations um up to twenty-two, it talks about a new heaven descending. I mean, a new a new Jerusalem descending Jerusalem, from heaven. Right. Yeah, coming and coming down here to earth. Right. And they had a measure for it, and because they had a measure for it, that's how you know it's not in heaven because heaven has no measures. You can't measure nothing that's in the spirit realm. So this right. is actually a physical a physical place, and they had. A huge physical place because it, it has the measurements. If, if you go to Revelation, um, let me actually go there for a second just so you can hear about. So, so you can understand when I say this, I'm not just talking out my head. Cause, you know, sometimes okay. people can say anything. Is it 22 or is it 21? Maybe I think, I think it's I might have missed it. Yeah, twenty. I think it's 21. Maybe. 21? Okay. Uh, let me check because now my um. I was looking at my apps. Oh, is that silly now? Not from All right, let me go to my Bible. Bible. When the, when the computer gives you down, that's why you have that stu- stupid. That's why you have the real book. So yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, devil, you ain't gonna get me this time. That's why I got the I got the paper right here in front of me. So there you go. Yeah. You can't tell me I need to sign in now when I'm already signed in. <laughs> okay, so it's actually um, Revelation 21. True 21, okay. Yeah. You, and it talks about New Jerusalem starting on verse 9, 21, 9. And it talks about the size of it on, in um, verse 15. It said, the one who spoke with me had a golden measuring rod to measure the city, its gates and its walls. The city is laid out in the square. Its length and width are the same. He measured the city with the rod at 12,000 stadia. Its length, width, and height are equal. Then he measured its wall, 144 cubits, according to human measurement, which the angel used. The building material of his wall was jasper, and the city was pure pure gold, clear as glass. And it keeps it going on. But just think about those measurements. Those are ridiculous measurements. That's like, <laughs> I think I looked it up. It, the stadium is yeah, so, it's so huge. But yes, yeah, so, so for me, yeah, the 144, those are the, those are the ones who are doing really good. I mean, that, you know, that are chosen, that live well. I, I would love to be one of them, but they aren't the only ones saved. Right. There's a lot more that's going to be saved than that. That's a good point. I mean, we only we know that only God God chooses those hundred forty four thousand. Only God knows who the hundred forty four thousand are. So we never know if we're actually going to be one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's a lake of the fire. The lake of fire is a place where, well, the garbage of humanity will be burned. Right. Just as well, if you look in the old test, if you look in the New Testament, and they talked about um, 
um, hail, the hellfire, they refer it to Gehenna, which if you did a little re research, you know it's talked about the Valley of Hinnom in Jerusalem, which is the garbage dump. And it was okay. a fire that you could never put, it was a fire you could never put out because it was so much trash that when it burnt, you couldn't put it out. It would okay. go out by itself though once the trash was burnt. So I don't That's think the, right. the lake of fire is, is forever and ever. I don't yeah. think that God, even, even for people that he hates, I don't think that he's going to punish them forever, but he's going to block them out of existence. That's my personal beliefs. Some yeah. people believe differently. Okay. But, yeah. mm -hmm. All right. So identity of Jesus is the same thing. G the son is consubstantial with the father, which means that in the father and with the father, the son is one. And the same God, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Same thing for Protestants. All right. Mm -hmm. Right. Marriage, the holy union of a man and woman, where God is bound together, no man can separate. And, you know, Catholic Church, they don't believe in divorce at all. Protestant Church says divorce permitted in cases of adultery or abandonment. Be honest, though, the Catholic, here's one thing the Catholic Church really does have a shit divorcing. The only reason why divorce ended up in the in the in the um, mosaic law was because man kept asking for it. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh -huh. That's true. So yeah. status of women variable, but treated with respect. Women, women are not allowed to be priests. However, they can become nuns. That's Catholic. Protestant variable, but treated with respect. Usually, women are not allowed to be part of the clergy or permitted to teach or work in other areas. But it's very varied with Protestant because my pastor, my pastor is a woman. Oh, really? Okay. Her husband is the overseer. Her husband is the overseer. So oh, that's okay. her covering. Uh, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So it says status of Adam. Sin came into the world through Adam. Both both agree. And then well, ge ge geographical predominance for Catholicism, you know, Italy, Philippines, Latin America, France, Spain, Mexico, Poland, Ireland, and then for Protestant, North America, and the rest of Europe. As, you know, where it's really popular. Resurrection of Jesus Christ, both are affirmed, we agree. Time of origin, they put it um, for Catholic, 315 AD. For Protestant, they put it at 33 AD, but believes it eventually eventually became corrupt, split off in an attempt to return to the church's original origins, approximately 1517 to 1532. All right. Savior, okay. well, keep moving by. We're not, I'm not going to say that thing because we are, we, if you don't know who the Savior is, we, we have the wrong discussion, but I just <laughs> say it in case somebody, there's a lay person, Jesus Christ. Everybody <laughs> Jesus agrees Christ, on that. Right. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. All right. So for prophet, they say believe in all prophets of the books and the books from the Holy Bible. The same thing for Protestant, but they added that they believe that Muhammad is a false prophet. I don't know because I don't ever talk about Muhammad at my church. Yeah, I ain't okay. never talked about Muhammad at church. Confessing so, so sins, big difference. They're a false prophet, or Protestants believe that. Protestant believe Muhammad is a false prophet. Although I've never heard anybody talk. No church. No church I ever went to ever talked about Muhammad. Yeah, they they just they just don't discuss it really because I like I go to a Protestant church too and like a Pentecostal church and they never discuss Muhammad. Yeah, me too. That's, that's yep. a Quran. Nope. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now here's the humongous difference: confessing sins, 
to God through the priest. Protestant to God through Jesus. Hmm. Now who is right? Well, let's go. Let's do what we're supposed to do. Let's go to the word. Let's see. Yep. Um, yeah, okay. So then, okay. Yep. Yep. So, okay. I want to make sure I have that. I know I want to get the right verse because I don't want to get. Oh, okay, here we go. There we go. John 14 6. Okay. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth. In the life, no one comes to the Father except through me, and I truly believe that. I hundred percent believe 100%. that. One hundred percent. That's my favorite Bible verse. Yeah. Mhm. Mm-hmm. I don't really have much to say. I, I, I'm not going to even argue that point. I'm just going to say it just like that. Uh, let me see what soap soap got to say real quick. No one comes to it have to come through the Father to the Son. And if I want to confess my sin, I can't go confess to a man. I go to God. You know, in James, you know, there's a, a part that said that if any among, among you sick, he said you should confess your faults one to another. But um, the Catholic, they have a day of confession. Like for us as believers, every day we, we, we confess. It's not just one day, but I don't need to go to a man to get to Christ. And so Jesus said, you, you, there's only one way, you know, you can only through him. You know, to the father, to the son. That that's a good point, but you you have to keep in mind that Catholics don't have a strict rule on confession. Like you, they say, if you're if you're confirmed Catholic, then you just need to go to confession once a year. And it's not like you're you, it's just uh you just go say confess your sins and then through grace you're you're closer to Christ. But we we know that you don't necessarily have to go to confession. But there's nothing wrong with going to confession. You know what I mean? Yeah. But confession should be something we should be doing daily at right. home. <laughs> yeah, you confess to one another, as it's so said in, in the Bible. That's what it says, yeah. Well, not even confess to no. You confess straight to Jesus. Right. I'm like, Lord, please forgive me for my sin. I know I looked at this girl, but too long. So please help me. <laughs> something like that, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you said, you know, forgive me, Father. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because we know that. Jesus kept saying, he was quick to say that, you know, why you looked at, you know, it says that you, you should not have adultery, but he said that even the lust after somebody was the start of adultery. Right. Mm-hmm. He said you commit, you commit lust in your heart, then you've already committed it. So you have to, mm-hmm. you have to recognize that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then it says views of other Abrahamic religions, according to Catholic doctrine, Catholicism is the original Christian church. Christianity is the true religion. Judaism is the tr- is a true religion, but they do not believe Jesus is the Messiah. Islam is a false religion. Pagan religion is also false. Same thing for um, Protestants. Mary. Yeah. All right. Mary is considered favored among women and was chosen by God to be the, the mother of Jesus through a virgin birth. Thus she is considered holy and may be prayed to as an intercessor to God. Protestant, Mary is favored among women, was chosen to be by God to be the mother of Jesus to a virgin birth, but otherwise simply human with no other special attributes. I'm on I'm in column B, definitely. Okay. 
Well, I, yeah, I, Mary, I would actually agree with the veneration of Mary. I mean, I, I wanted to tell you, I, I should say at the start of the talk, like I do go to a Pentecostal church and I consider myself <laughs> following that now. But later this year, I am in the process of becoming Catholic. So that's why I'm, I'm kind of tending to believe what they believe. You know what I mean? Okay. Well, so is there a reason why you want to become Catholic? I, I feel the inner desire to do it. I feel like God's kind of bringing me to it. Not, not necessarily because it's like the only true religion or it's the, the true church. I just feel like I like mm -hmm. what I like their church practices. I like the mass and uh, I, I haven't grown up that way. And my dad has um, been inspiring me to become one too because he's a Catholic as well. Um, yeah, I just don't believe that Mary can be an intercessor because God, Jesus said you can only come to the Father through him. So I just don't see where she can be an intercessor. Well, we'll see, what, that's true, but what, what they believe is like, you're not when you pray to the saints or pray to Mary, you're not you're not like saying that they're above God. You're still praying to God. They're praying on behalf of your on your behalf to God because because they're in heaven. They their their strength of their prayers has more power to God because they're they're already in heaven, right? Yeah, I don't get that. I, I don't see the biblical stance for that. Right. Somebody have to give me some verses for that. I'm going to do some more studying on it when uh, next time we, we can do yeah. a part two of this talk and uh, we'll just, I'll do some more research. Yes. Yeah. yeah I want to see, I want to see, see verses on that because I don't see where that, that's there, possible. There are verses that when I have research, there are verses to back up this stuff for sure. They mm -hmm. do have uh, in the catechism too. Yeah. Well, in the, okay. So purgatory, we, we mentioned that earlier, but they mentioned it again. They say a place of cleansing and preparation for heaven. Also a place where the punishment due to unremitted venial sins may be expiated. Protestant does not exist. So, yeah, I'm not a purgatorist. Do you believe in purgatory? I do, yeah. I do I do see, uh, pr from the verses I've read in Maccabees, and uh, I can't, I, some, it's somewhere in Maccabees, I think Second Ma Maccabees 15, 17, it might be that, or it's somewhere in there. And there's verses, um, other verses in the Old Testament to talk about it, but it, to me, it makes sense that there's some kind of spiritual cleansing in the afterlife that we go through that not everyone but some people go through before they reach heaven it's not a negative place it's not a place of a, like hell but it's a place of spiritual cleansing because it, it just makes sense in my mind that that could be real you know all right so it's a human nature humans are free to devote themselves to knowledge of communion and the image of god original sin inherited from adam tendency towards evil infants must be baptized the protestant in the original sin inherited from adam tendency towards evil but the sins of the father do not pass to the son. Therefore, children are holy until they reach the age where they know good for evil. The sins are not held against them. Hmm. Right. What do you, I, I believe I, more. I believe in a, some kind of combination between the two personally. Like, because sin is inherited to, to, from father to son, yes. Right. But I don't believe in, I'm not a bit believer in Christian because they can't give themselves, you have to have the knowledge to give yourself over to God. You just can't Okay, well, you, you're you a baby. You're giving the guy, and that's it. No, I think you need to be uh, of age. That's my personal belief. Well, you see, that's right. What you're saying is right, but they believe in infant baptism because of, like, we're born sinners, right? So to cleanse us from the original yes. sin, we, we get baptized um, soon after birth. And it, it doesn't mean you're, you're sinless forever, but you're just, you're cleansed of the original sin. Mm -hmm. So you're on your path to God. You still have mm -hmm. to make an active effort. As we as we know and understand to um, mm -hmm. please God and serve God, mm -hmm. right? 
All right. So they talk about the original languages, Hebrew, Aramaic, Greek, and Latin. And then Protestant, um, Hebrew, Greek, and German. I would say Aramaic is in there too because you still need the Aramaic translation. Yeah, Jesus spoke Aramaic. And, right? Latin, and, and you still need Latin because the Vulgate came through and, and, and every other Bible is based, based off the Vulgate. Right. At some point. Or, or should I say the Vulgate or, the, or is it Septuagint? I should say. One of the two. Okay. All right. So Catholic means the salvation. Received at baptism, maybe lost by more sin. Regained by faith and penance. You must believe Jesus is the only Son of God. Confess your sins. You must have a relationship with Jesus. Protestant faith in Jesus has already paid the penalty for your sins. My belief is, tr- is purely Protestant. Right. All right. right. Ho- Holy Days, Christmas for, for Catholics, Christmas, Lent, Easter, Pentecost, Saints' Feast Days. For Pentecost, they have Christmas and Easter. For me, <sighs> Personally, I'm more of a, I think uh, a lot of these days I don't like because I know Christmas I don't care for personally. But while everybody else is saying that, I just redirect them that it should be about having a relationship with Christ, not about the paganism that it definitely um, is part of because Christmas is definitely something that was brought into the church from from, um, Constantine because if you go, if you do a little research, you know that the pagan, the pagan rituals are of almost any culture. They have a pagan ritual for the the winter solstice, and Christmas right. would be that. And for Easter, Easter is actually a, a, a fertility ritual. Right. I, I should like something like my beliefs around the Easter time is mainly about. The, the resurrection day. In fact, that's the term I often use. I say resurrection day. Yeah, that's the most important day on Easter. Yeah, the resurrection, not not necessarily the death of Jesus, but the uh, the resurrection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I just don't like calling it Easter because Easter sounds too much like like the name of a um of a pagan goddess in the Middle East. Um, Astera, yeah, right. No, yeah, yeah, Astaroth or Astaroth. A- AKA Astarte, or Astarte, you can call him yeah. Astarte. Yes. And and right. you can see that it doesn't take a lot of transliteration of letters to get to that point, right? <laughs> no, yeah, you're right. I mean, see, I recognize the that the the holidays have some maybe pagan origins, but they're not celebrated like that now. We're still with Christmas and with Easter. We're still focusing on Christ. But, yeah. That's what's important, yeah. right? But we need we need to be careful though, because there are some pagan things that we do do during those times that we need to get rid of. Like right, Easter like eggs, Easter, bunny stuff like that, Easter yeah. bunny, Easter eggs. Those are yeah. pagan, straight up pagan. Oh, um, the true, Christmas yeah. tree, Christmas tree is pagan. Right. Yeah. There's definitely there's pagan elements that you you could still celebrate the holidays and remove these elements. Yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah. make sure that your heart is focused on worshiping the true God and not right. the things that are going. Uh, we got three messages, so yep, let's go. Yeah. Isn't it so amazing that when God gave His Son. He didn't say, oh, I'm going to give you for this set of people or that set of people. And even when Jesus went to the cross in obedience, Jesus didn't they say that, oh, I'm going to die, you know, for the Catholics or I'm going to die for the 
protestant you know it it, it died for all and it, it's amazing that you know mankind cannot accept this love of god just accept his love and just love people just love the lord your god with all your heart and just serve him in spirit and in truth and just forget about all this and just love god the time is short you know the coming of the lord is near and how is he gonna find us you know let us you know let us get right let us get ready be in the state of readiness that we don't have to left behind with this nonsense a hundred percent yeah amen i mean that's very true it's mm -hmm. he, jesus died for everyone he didn't he didn't define us as catholics or protestants or or whatever denomination it may be but uh he died for everyone yeah his sacrifice was for everyone mm -hmm. yeah all right so next part it talks about population that doesn't really matter rolling salvation um, I will discuss this part because um, it says Christ can save people and can help in salvation. And in Protestant, they have various forms of grace and free will. And one extreme, God predestines who will be saved and there's no free will. That's Calvinism, obviously. Another extreme right. is tied to the free will of men. Most Protestants are somewhere between. And right. I, I'm, I'm a kind of person that that explains it like there is. That, that I, I'm, I'm actually I'm on the other extreme, but I explain it. I am in a stream that's entirely free will of men, but I'm also understands that God knows God exists outside of time, so He already knows who's going to be going, who's going to do what before we even know it. That's a good point. So, yeah, we still have free will, but God knows that there's predestination in a way. Is what you're saying? Well, it's not that it's predestined; it's that God doesn't see time like we see time. Well, that's a good point. because God because mm -hmm. God made time, so he, since He's greater than His creation then he, he doesn't have to deal with it. He's both in time and beyond time, right? Yes. I'm saying, yeah, he can choose to deal with time, but that's his choice. Right. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then it talks about... It talks, if you want to play them, yeah. Yeah. All right. But you don't have any say-so. You don't know if you're ready to be cleansed of sin. And it's your parents' decision. And again... When it belongs to each and every one of us for our own salvation, no one can is in control of our salvation. We're in control of our own salvation. So as a child, being baptized was the purpose. Like you don't, you're not in the right mind. You know, you don't know goo from God. You know, you don't know uh, Jesus from God. You don't know um, <laughs> an angel from a demon. You know, so I, I, I don't know, man. Okay, it's about it's about the the uh, cleansing cleansing from the original sin. It doesn't mean you're automatically saved from that. But like if I decide to become Catholic one day, I still have to get baptized in the Catholic faith, and that is that my salvation? Not necessarily. I still have to make an active effort to to be saved with Christ and have an active relationship with Him. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. Uh, we'll go to the next message. Christmas and Easter were brought into the church, and we can talk about that later on. But uh, I, all I want to say is uh, I don't celebrate any holidays. I, I don't even celebrate my own birthday. That's just another year around the sun, another year that the Lord has blessed me with. And I tell him thank you and I go about my day. So I can understand that. And it kind of shows why I'm not Protestant. I just think like we can still have the holiday spirit, you know. Like, is something wrong with celebrating yeah. the holidays? But I mean, you don't. If you don't, ha you really don't have to. Is no one's obligated to celebrate holidays or anything? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
All right, next message from Soap. And I, I do understand what you're saying, but it's, you know, like some a tradition because for me, my background is Caribbean. And during Easter, we know that Easter is uh, about a, a celebration of the resurrection of Christ. But we do have bun and cheese and, you know, fish. But we eat that, but yet still we know that it's not about that. It's not about the bunny. It's not Christmas. It's not about the gift, you know. It's about the giver, you know. So it depends on how we we take it. We cannot, you know, celebrate as the world celebrates these holidays. Yo, yeah. see, that, that's a good point. And, and that's the big point. Yeah. That's the major yeah. point. Is we can't, we have to worship in spirit and in truth. And if we're, and if we, if, you know, it comes to Christmas time, and we sit up here and we spend ten thousand dollars on Christmas gifts. I don't think we get the point of Christmas at all. And some people do that and spend even more than, than ten thousand dollars. Yeah, this is yeah, like what Easter. I, I you just, spend all. Yeah, I just wanted to ask Soph, like, because uh, you know she talked about the Caribbean. Um, I, I like what part of the Caribbean are you from, if you don't mind sharing? And also, because uh, I grew up in the Caribbean myself, and that's how Easter was celebrated. Um, we just. Uh, celebrated with the feast you know and have a really good meal together and fellowship but also it's the the, the importance of it is the, the focus on christ's resurrection which is what we always focus on is what we were saying earlier right mm-hmm. so all right let's play this message from door my which one of you is a catholic and which one of you is a protestant <laughs> well uh we're for now we're we're both Protestant, but uh, I'm uh, thinking, or I'm later this year I might uh, become Catholic, or I have to do a program to do it. So I can't consider myself Catholic yet. But I, if I finish this program and do it, then I would consider myself Catholic one day. Did you catch it, Jabari? Uh, you disconnected there. Um. Yeah, I switched over from Wi-Fi to um, my phone because I have to go. Um... Pick up something real quick. So okay. I don't um that's yeah, why I, was, I was just saying that um I uh I we're, we're we're both as of now we're both Protestant, but I might be Catholic one day if I finish this program later this year. So um I, I can't consider myself one yet, you know. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, but I'm definitely um I don't know. like I said like we, I talked about earlier, Protestant is pretty much just a general term, and there's so much within Protestantism that it that it's not even it's hard to even say there is no Protestant one Protestant dogma. In fact, Protestant Protestantism might be the most split um, thing ever in the history of man because there's so many different. Um, that's so very true. Yeah, there's there's like thirty thousand Protestant denominations, and and all of them can believe different things. So that, that they almost are more split than uh, the Catholic uh, um, denomination, I guess. And then on top of that, you have so many churches that aren't that aren't even technically in a, domin- a denomination, like my church that I go to. Right, it might be non-denominational. Which, right. Yeah, well, it's not non-denominational. It's definitely Pentecostal, but it doesn't belong to a dom- the denomination. It's okay. Pentecostal in spirit, but not in... Um, But, right, but not t- as in part belonging to a particular Pentecostal denomination, though. Okay, yeah, because the, the, the church that I have been attending, I mean, I go to um, a Catholic church sometimes, but all churches are closed right now in my city. 
but the church that I've been dom- predominantly attending is is a hundred percent a Pentecostal one because they're United Pentecostal Church, so they're mm-hmm. part of like uh, the Greater Pentecostal uh, organization, I guess. Well, that particular organization, it's a bunch of organizations, of course. That particular organization, yeah. So they would be they're mm-hmm. part of like Greater Pentecostal movement, yeah. Mm-hmm. See, that's why I like um, the charismatic Catholic Catholicism. That's why I mentioned earlier, because it, it kind of blends both worlds, both denominations, and, and you get best of both worlds. And that's why I wanted to start attending that kind of church. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. It was recommended to uh, to me to one of my friends who know that I have interest in being Catholic. So he said, uh, "Try a charismatic Catholicism." One of my friends at a Bible study. Gotcha. But yeah, Jabbar, I do have to. I actually do have a Bible study at seven thirty, so we can wrap this up. Yes, which is perfect because that's why I'm yeah. in my car already. So, um, I um, do you have any closing comments? Oh, actually, um, I'll go with my closing comments go first. Ahead, first. I'll go yeah. with my closing comments first. Yeah. All right. So my comments is, well, there are differences, obviously, in between Catholicism and Protestantism and even more bigger differences between Protestantism. The main thing is to make sure you get the relationship with God through Jesus straight. Because no matter what you do, if that relationship ain't straight, nothing else is going to be straight in your life. Right. Amen. Uh, that is beautiful. And just to, to close, I would say, you know, it, it really doesn't matter whether you want to be Catholic or Protestant. It's just about being that follower of Christ. And he looks beyond these labels that we put on ourselves. So don't feel if you want to be Catholic, don't feel judged. If you want to stick with a Protestant denomination, don't feel judged for it. Just stay what's true in your heart. Follow that path and let it lead you ultimately to Christ and to God. Mm-hmm. Is that the Mungo? So am, am I part note, of the TPS squad now, uh, Jabari? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anybody who anybody who wants to clean talk is part of the CTS squad. The, the, okay. The, um, cool. Yeah, cool little sis um, said that. <laughs> okay, cool. That's that's good. Yeah, I so was any, it seems like a cool thing to be a part of. So yeah. Oh, she has shirt. Yeah, she has shirts too. They, they look so. Um, if you check her Instagram, you'll see them. I have seen them, yeah. I've seen them on Instagram, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, um, Brie and um, Brie and um, Dre have already ordered some. Um, okay, I might order one yeah. next week. Yeah, that's cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. So this time, I go ahead and um, pray us out. Oh all heavenly right. Father, we give you all the glory and all the praise. Oh Lord. We thank you, Lord, for allowing us to commune with each other. Oh Lord, that although we might have, oh Lord, differences here in the flesh. We know that there is no re- there is no way to salvation but through you, Jesus Christ, through the sacrifice that you made on Calvary, and that's the only path to the Father, O oh Lord, to reconcile the relationship that was broken when Adam sinned at the beginning of human time, O oh Lord. So as we leave each other, Lord, we ask, O oh Lord, that while we might leave each other on um, communication, that we are still connected by your spirit, and we ask, O oh Lord, that, you, that we hope that your name, O oh Lord, was glorified by the talk that we had today. We give you all the glory and we give you all the praise. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen, brother. Thank you. I might upload this uh, podcast to Spotify if you're okay with it. 
Yeah, I'm fine. I'm gonna upload it myself. Okay. Yeah. As well. This was a good one. We got we got into some good talking. We can do a part two um sometime. So yeah. Oh, uh, definitely. All right. Uh, wonderful prayer, Brother Morris. Uh, if one of you guys is staying on stereo, can y'all you know hit me up? We can talk about some. I'm in the mood to talk today. All right, brother uh, overseer. Yeah, um, I I can't now have a Bible study to attend, but maybe later tonight uh, we can hop on a call. Yeah. Yeah, and as for me, um, I have to get di- I have to get some dinner prepared while my wife she worked last night, so I got to make sure she's taken care of. So I'll see what I can do later on, but I also need to finish up my um my my ministerial Bible study lesson that me and you did together. Um, overseer, you remember that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. All right. So God bless you. And I'll talk to you later. Talk to you later. Take care. Take care, everyone. Yep.